0: and all I could think about was how for the rest of your fucking life you think I'd stood you up. And how you never know that i fucking meant to be there. And I didn't want to die thinking that maybe, maybe he could've loved me. So I killed him.
1: All right, welcome back, analysis listeners! Yeah! Welcome back, my two buddies, my two warlords coming to me from Denver, Colorado, Mr. Jordan Harris and Mr. Mike Hammond. Say hi to the people!
2: Hello, everybody. Hey, Bob.
1: Heyo. Hey, and I want to welcome their blood bag, a guy we've been railing on for the last two years on this show. He hasn't had a chance to defend himself, went out for Christmas and bought himself a Yeti microphone. And... He's here with us today from Royal Oak, Michigan, Mr. Colin Shea. Say hi to the people, Colin.
3: <laughs> that makes me the blood bag. Let's hope it turns out as well for me as it did Tom Hardy.
1: Hey, you know what? That guy was highly criticized for his performance <laughs> in this movie. In that movie. So, I'm sure you will be as well. Uh, Colin, you've been a listener to the pod for a long time. We're excited to have you on, and uh, we're going to be doing a case for today. And a case four is a segment that we do here on the analysis. You guys can see I'm real fired up on our, uh, our subject matter today. We're going to be doing a case for Charlize Theron. Woo! All
0: right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're going to be doing a case for Charlize. And what that means is we're going to be profiling her career. And we're going to do that through a little bit of structure. We're going to look at her two best movies. Each one of us have come up with our two best Charlize movies. We're going to say our two our 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 one least favorite movie that she has and then we are going to do some shout outs some underrated movies and we're going to talk about alternative casting some other roles that we think that we think she may have done well in so with that said I want to open up the floor to a little bit of discussion on how you guys felt going through this exercise when you guys were trying to make a case for Charlize what were some of your initial feelings I'm going to start with you Jordan
2: yeah, so, you know, this, uh, doing the research for this podcast was really fun for me. Um, and that's, you know, Mike and I have done a couple of these case fours now. We've done Carell, we've done Portman, Depp, uh, we did Ed Norton, and then we also featured on, uh, like the Sci-Fi Podcast. Sci-Fi, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, those were all actors and topics that I have fully formed opinion on opinions on, and conversations that, uh, the four of us have had numerous times. Uh, but Charlize, on the other hand, even though she's a, a household name, she's not someone that I've honestly ever given much thought to. So it's been really fun evaluating her career. Um, and I actually feel after going through this exercise that I sort of view her in a different light now. Um, and, and look, most all these actors have careers where they, they do movies that uh, they're passionate about. And they put forth a strong effort. And then they also do these money maker movies that uh, are duds or shitty or just... For the studio or whatever.
1: Yeah, shout out to Um, Yon Flux. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, great example. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay.
2: But, you know, and Charlize definitely fits into that category of actor. Uh, But going through this exercise, I I frankly didn't consider her a real serious actor uh, before doing this. So I guess, you know, stay tuned to see if uh, my opinion is is now changed. But overall, it's just, I thought this was really fun and, Definitely the most interesting case for for me to, to research, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that, Jordan. After we had wrapped our last conversation on Carell, you really wanted to step outside your comfort zone and, and find a subject matter, a person, a career to talk about that you we're going to have to do some more research on. So I'm glad that, that kind of hit with you when you were going through the exercise. How about you, Hammond?
4: Yeah, I agree with Jordan in that this was the most interesting person we've selected. I think because I'm having a really difficult time summarizing their career and giving like a definitive statement on what I think about her. It'll be fun to go through the movies and talk about them but uh, it's almost like she's she's really iconic and at the same time probably hasn't done nearly as many good movies as people think that she has done. Um, She's like kind of a mix of like a pop culture person mixed with a really good actress at times and her filmography is bizarre. Just looking at it from start to finish, which I'm sure we'll get into. I know you're going to go through it, but most of these actors and actresses we review have, I think they have stretches where it kind of defines their career, and I don't think Charlize necessarily has one of those, which we'll get okay. into, but definitely interesting. This was the most fun one to research and read about and watch movies on. I haven't seen in forever.
1: Okay, cool, cool. So we got a couple of guys stepping out of their comfort zone a little bit, and we'll swing over to a guy who has no comfort zone because this is his first time walking (laughs) through the exercise. But, Colin, what did you feel? What were some of the things that were aha moments or light bulb moments for you as you were going through this process and making your lists?
3: Yeah, I don't necessarily have much to compare this to the way that they do, but having done this, I feel like my short answer is that I was actually surprisingly underwhelmed by her catalog. And I was actually really surprised by that because I've long held that she is my favorite actress and I freely admit that I think a fair amount of that uh, at a younger age was influenced by the fact that she's like the most attractive human being on the planet the
0: person on the planet.
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> but having gone back and, and watched everything, her, her early years are really less impressive than I thought. And now she's, Kind of going through this sort of renaissance, and I think the second half of her career has produced a vastly better catalog than the first half, um, and that first half even includes Monster. So, but having said all that, I think it's more like a quality over quantity thing with her. She has some phenomenal performances, just not as many as I thought she'd have under her belt, especially given her gravitas. Like what Hammond said, like she's, you know, she's really in, in like the pantheon of actresses, but really, there's not uh, as much as you'd think.
1: That's really interesting. You say that. Colin, because when I when I was going through the exercise, I um, wanted to just kind of get a pulse on what other people's opinions of Charlize were, so I asked a ton of people to list their top ten favorite actresses. Only one person came back to me and had her somewhere in the list. And normally it was... Or, uh, the, he had, him at, had her at nine or ten. Just kind of a, oh, I guess Charlize Theron. Nobody thinks about Charlize in terms of an elite actress. And when you're talking about her her career in the phases of her career. I really think, you know, she started off early in her career as hot supporting girlfriend or hot supporting wife. And then Mm -hmm. around 2003 monster hits and she kind of becomes this new, we're going to try to make her the the dramatic, we're almost going to try to make her Kate Winslet kind of career. And then she has a, a few shots at that. And recently it's transitioned into this badass. She's, yeah. The Atomic Blonde, and, and, and I'll, I'll do the filmography in a minute. But yeah, she's kind of in this badass phase now, so it's really interesting that she's she really plays a whole bunch of different types. And we talk a lot on, on Case 4's about versatility, but she fits into a lot of different boxes, just despite how incredibly attractive she is. She's really you know you know, you know what the
3: irony the irony of that statement that you just said is that she's in this this badass phase now having like followed monster it was really eon flux that sank her career for a while there and that was her first attempt at trying to be like that badass action star it's just kind of funny that you say that like she is known for that now but her first swing on that was a huge miss with pretty big repercussions for the next like few years of her career.
1: Yeah, but good that she went back to it because she's finding a lot of success with it now. And yeah. another thing I noticed was, besides the fact that she's worked with Keanu Reeves multiple times for whatever reason, was that yeah. she was kind of a catalyst for feminist movies before Me Too. She was having a, a good amount of movies, and, and we can debate whether Monster's in that category or not, but North Country... Mm-hmm. Uh, And and, and even Mad Max is before the Me Too movement. These are movies with high feminism themes, uh, and it was kind of before that topic was really popular. And clearly it's something that she cares a lot about, and those are the projects that she invests her time into. So interesting interesting to take note. So uh, speaking of the filmography, I just want to highlight a few trends. I'm not going to read every single name, but in 1997 was when she made her first breakthrough. She was in a movie with Michael Richards and Jeff Daniels called Trial and Error. So a little uh, connection to Central Michigan University there. Shout out to CMU. Uh, Also in 1997, she worked with Keanu Reeves and Mr. Pacino in Devil's Advocate. In 1998, she gets her first solo project in Mighty Joe Young. And in 1999, starts to get more dramatic with Cider House Rules and then does a little blockbuster with Astronaut's Wife. 2000, she did Reindeer Games, which was supposed to be commercial, but went to Floptown. (laughs) <laughs> and then 03 to 05, she does Italian Job, Monster, and North Country. And then 2011 to 2017, here she's done Young Adult, Prometheus, Mad Max Fury Road, Atomic Blonde, and Tully. Also in there, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for Young Adult, and, uh, of course, she uh, was nominated for an Oscar for North Country, and she won the Oscar in 2003 for Monster. Her Rotten Tomatoes splits are uh, 17% fresh, 18% rotten, so just a little under 50% there. Her highest-rated movie is Mad Max Fury Road at 97%. And her worst-rated movie is Colin Shea's favorite, Yon Flux, at 9%. So her second, actually <laughs> interesting to note, her second highest-rated movie in Rotten Tomatoes is actually Tully at 86 So the foundation is set. That is a little bit of where we're going to be kind of playing when we come to our lists. I want to now get into that exercise on our, on our two favorites. So we're going to start with Colin. Let's start with your first favorite Charlize movie
3: this is a more difficult choice to pick which of the two ones I want to talk about first. I did not anticipate that.
1: Yeah, it's um, part, of the, part of the game, bro.
3: Yeah, I think... Uh, I also want to commend you, Bob, for skipping over an Al Pacino reference in De- Devil's Advocate and not actually doing an impersonation, which I hear is great, so well done.
0: I don't know what to Waiting. say, really.
3: <laughs> um, okay. Uh, the first one I'm going to pick here is actually one of the ones that I rewatched most recently. And... It is North Country.
1: Okay.
3: And just just to start out, just initial impressions with the like when the movie started, I couldn't help but think, and I I feel like we all had this conversation too, and it it made me think of JJ Abrams Super Eight. It's kind of random, but how it gives you so much information in the first minute or two of the movie, if you guys remember the the intro to that. Yeah, when they're like yeah, you know that they're at a funeral and that has like x amount of days in the factory without an accident and they erase the number or like they put a low number up there so within like 10 seconds you know exactly what's happened Mm -hmm. in the beginning of in the beginning of north country it just kicks you in the stomach in the beginning when you see her um you know her husband someone coming down the road the 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 snow-filled roads just swerving all over the place and she just kind of calmly tells her daughter to go upstairs because she knows what's about to happen and then the next time you see her she's literally laying on the kitchen floor because she got knocked out cold and bloods down her face and stuff like that. And it just gave you so much information in the first minute that I thought was fantastic. And I know this is, I don't know if any of you guys are getting into her biography and stuff, but a movie like this, and like you said, with the feminism, and I think that's definitely a, a trend with her because of her family history, having watched her mom kill her dad in front of her when she was a teenager because he was an alcoholic and he was beating her it had to play a big part in her actually reading this script and choosing to, to go into a movie like this. Wait, that's a true um, story.
4: I didn't even know that.
0: This yeah, movie is a true story, insane. but Charlize well, has, uh, no, no, I mean
4: like that story about her family that, that happened.
0: Yeah. Wow.
3: Yeah. She that's talks crazy. about that in a few interviews, like in a few websites and stuff like that, that I was reading. It's uh it's really it's really sad, and I feel like that theme has to go through a few of these movies that she picks, whether it's North Country or, or the other feminism movies that you that mm-hmm. you picked.
1: Yeah, um, it's it, it, yeah. it's a tough rewatch too. The, the, those are kind of the movies when they come out, and it's interesting to do an exercise like this because when a movie comes out and it's it's that heavy drama of the year, and, and you check it out because you want to have a reference level. But I, mm-hmm. I was talking a little bit about this when we were talking about Steve Carell and. Uh, we were talking about Foxcatcher, but it's just to, to bring yourself back into that place and, and, and to know that you're going in there, um, was, uh, was definitely something I had to get up for, but she's just so good in this. And th- there were some issues I had with it that I, I would have liked to see the men in the movie, not just be one note. I think a lot of the guys were very one note. I guess that's giving her perspective, but, uh, overall the, the scene she has and and um, especially the 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 interview scenes that she has with her her management fantastic work
3: well yeah i think the whole movie is supposed to be told right from her on the witness stand so she's specifically recounting these instances that she's citing as evidence so i think that kind of lends to why they're so one note is because she's literally recounting it's definitely
1: intentional uh yeah yeah no that's fair Mm -hmm. but i mean it's
3: to what you were saying too like kind of the flip side of that Instead of going back into her childhood, how about moving forward with having rewatched this movie 13 years later and how poignant and relevant it is now with uh, especially what's what's going on in the political climate right now is like a very, very like this movie could be released today. And I feel like she would have won the Oscar for it because it would have been like one of those like Oscar baits. Like this is so timely and so relevant of what's or so reflective of what's going on right now. Had that movie been released now, I think it would have been bigger and she would have probably won.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's always been relevant. That's the sad part about this entire climate that we're in right now is is that it, there's visibility to it now, there's awareness, but that move, it's as relevant now in the, as it was back in two thousand six. But uh, I completely, I completely agree. That was the same thing I thought when I was seeing this. It's like you could just re release this in theaters tomorrow, and and people would probably have a different perspective on it. Not to say that it wasn't critically re- re- responded too well and she was nominated for an oscar for it so there was some some positive responses when it did come out it's not like it, it missed an audience
3: true her and McDormand got nominated it wasn't nominated for best picture there was no writing or anything uh, any directing accolades or anything so it, it didn't go completely under the radar but i just feel like now the relevance is even more is even higher i feel like the the fever pitch would be pretty big for this one but uh i mean aside from that
1: what makes it? Remember, what makes I, it the top of your list? Is it just? Is it the performance? Is it the the movie in general? I mean, when you, when you come out, you're the first guy yeah, to say so, at the top of the list.
3: Sure. So when I, when I was about to say she she mentioned um, when she was doing an interview about uh, reading the script for Monster that she says you pick out three scenes when you're reading a script and then you know that you're going to go in there and act the hell out of them. And if I'm applying if I'm trying to apply that to this movie, there really there's so many to pick from. Um, there's a scene in the, uh, the locker room with her and Francis McDormand that is uh-huh. really, really good when you have the steeliness of McDormand and the vulnerableness of of Charlize in that moment. Um, you have her flipping out in the parking lot, which is a really great scene. And then you have that just absolutely heartbreaking scene on the back porch with her son when she, you know, is, is telling him that she, you know, th- the anguish that she was going through after, you know, having been you know, mustered by her teacher and then getting pregnant and like that dark place of wanting to get rid of him and sticking by him and stuff like that. So to answer your question, I mean, there's, there's so many scenes where she really flexes and there's a lot of movies that she's in where she doesn't have to flex. And there's a lot of times where even if it's a good movie, she really doesn't have to like uh, Prometheus. She's in it. It's a great movie. She doesn't really have to do much. It's not really what you're asking Charlize to do. But in this movie, there are so many scenes where she is just absolutely giving everything she can and it's early in her career too, so I feel like she was going even that extra mile again. Uh, and then, like I said, on top of those three scenes, there's just there's so many others that you could pick. She is just phenomenal yeah. in this, I thought. This is
1: probably a movie that doesn't get made if she doesn't win the Oscar in 2003, but definitely once she does that and people responded to her performance in Monster, they it's it allows them to have the muscle to be able to to get this movie made and clearly a passion project for her uh, so I could definitely see when you're saying from that interview she she's looking for for opportunities. She's obviously trying to send a message to audiences, but she's looking for an opportunity to continue to show her skill and her talent. Uh, the only thing I disagree with her in is that when I read a script for Bobby Panalone, you know, I know that I'm going to act the hell out of every scene, not just three So uh, definitely definitely a a nice nice way to get us rolling con. Thank you. And even
3: look at the rest of the cast though I would say you say passion project I mean that supporting cast is insane Richard Jenkins and McDormand and Woody Harrelson Michelle Monaghan, Jeremy Ryder with a great yeah. performance I mean that's uh it's a great cast
1: Little Richie Jenkins man I was I always love him so uh, yeah thanks thanks for the uh, to get us rolling there Let's swing it over to Mike Hammond Mike Hammond what was your number one favorite movie
4: That was monster.
1: That's All right, record. let's 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 start it off pretty heavy here, okay, <laughs> <laughs> monster. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she
4: won the Oscar, right? This is uh, this is a pretty clear cut. I think the number one for her, based on the fact that she won and just the content of the movie. Because rewatching this movie was pretty fascinating. Um, I watched it a couple nights ago. I wanted to wait for this to be the last movie that I rewatched, just so it was fresh, because I thought we would talk about it the most. Uh, what, what I find fascinating about this movie is when it came out. I remember, uh, what was that, 2000? thousand three something like that two thousand three yeah okay. it
1: it was released in a in one uh, theater or in a, at a festival in two thousand three but really got a wide release in January of oh four
4: okay well it's interesting because we were what at the end of high school there right so we were we were still in high school when this came out and what I found so interesting was when it came out originally the whole thing was everything was about her physical transformation how she looked so bad and I was like how can Charlize Theron look like this is that her remember that being kind of the starting point for her role in this movie was like her physical transformation. And rewatching the movie, like, I, I, she looks sort of like a generic 30-year-old per I don't even think she looks that bad. I don't know why that was the focus. I feel like it kind of takes away from the actual acting Mike, have movie. you seen
1: the way she looks in real life? I like, have. <laughs> okay, okay I'll just different. want to make sure. Right. <laughs> I mean, right, right, right. I have, but, like, it's a that's,
4: transformation, that's a pretty dude. high standard. Yeah, okay. but it's not like Christian Bale, like, gaining 100
3: pounds transformation. She... Hamlock, that's so funny you say that. I have that in my notes. That I feel like she's the female Christian Bale. How many times she's had to trans? She's transformed for roles so many times, and it just it feels like it's it's very Balean.
2: Yeah, she also also goes fat Charlie's for Telly too, which is. Uh, another yeah. good movie, so I guess Fat Charlize yeah. has some acting chops.
4: You would Fat yeah. Charlize is like, you know, she's not like fat, fat compared to normal. Fat's not yeah, okay, uh, compared to uh, normal yes. people, she's pretty normal looking, to be honest. In that movie, she's just we're not gonna a get to pushback on that one. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just saying. So, because so, I just think that takes. We're talking about
1: feminism on a, on a feminist podcast, and then we're using Fat Charlize. We're gonna <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get hit with the book. Yeah,
0: yeah,
4: no, no so that's, that's what I'm trying to point out. That I really don't think she looks like abhorrent or that horrible. That to me isn't that interesting. What's interesting is she's on screen for almost every second of this movie re-watching it
2: and do, you, sorry, sorry, do you, quick, you feel like mm-hmm. she had to do that to be taken seriously to get into this baseball career Because she this was is what I'm saying it's, it's almost like that was a big a thing person. right yeah. it was like oh how uh,
4: she dressed herself down so much how empowering and it's like I think the acting is the empowering part not like what she looked like I think she looked fine I, I just thought that was interesting but um, and then just I, yeah, sorry about what
3: no that oh, wasn't I, I, no, sorry that was me I was gonna I was to Harris's point I was just saying, I feel like in a way she was almost like cursed in her early years for being like as beautiful as she is. Like Bob said in the intro, like she was always only the the supportive wife or the girlfriend, you know, until she really got taken seriously with a role like this. And it's kind of a bummer that it had to go to that length for, for that to happen.
2: Yeah, we can only guess as to what her thought process was and, and her psyche. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if she saw that script and thought this is like a, a good way to reinvent myself because. Yeah, it, I'm going to buck gonna my trend. I'm going to buck my type. Like, I'm going to show people, like, I'm more than just this beautiful person. Like, I'm literally going to get ugly for this role, and I'm going to act my ass off.
4: Right. And, like, Colin, you said it, like, you nailed it, I thought. Her early career, you can see she's transitioning from a supermodel or a model to an actress. And she's sort of in these more roles where she's supposed to be this, like, really charming, beautiful woman, and then this is such an abrupt change, I think it made sense for her to bring that kind of attention on her, but the, the main focus should be... Or acting in it. I mean, she clearly should have won. The movie holds up. I think her performance holds up. It's really incredible. She's, like, very obnoxious and cringeworthy in a good way. It's, like, hard to watch some of those scenes. When she oh, thinks man. that she's going to become, like, or get a house and a car and she's going to, like, change her life. and it's just, The like, delusion really is, tough. yeah. Yeah, it's very tough to actually watch. Like, it's like, God, man, like, that's someone's real life. And she
2: just portrays that in a way that makes you feel that. And I think that's why she won the Oscar for it. And there there are some just really great scenes in this movie. Some really... Brutal scenes. That the, the first, uh, you know, rape scene in that movie. I, I knew yeah. it was coming. I had seen it before, oh. and I still had to look away from the TV. Is, <laughs> I remember it. It is. Yeah. Brutal. I
3: would. I forgot. I forgot about it, and I was
2: <laughs> How totally did you shocked. Forget about that, man. That was, it's yeah,
3: been. A, it was... It's been a long time since I've watched Monster, but yeah, I totally forgot about that.
2: <laughs> it,
1: and so... I, I
2: couldn't look at the TV. I had to look.
1: Yeah, this movie was directed by Patty Jenkins. She's only directed this and the Wonder Woman movie from DC. And, uh, so she wrote and directed this movie, right? Wrote and directed this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it totally holds up. I agree with you guys. It's depressing. It's horrifying. Uh, it also just really makes me uh, be grateful for my life. And uh, just because this woman <laughs> was, uh, you know, it's she had a really tough upbringing, and I think she was inbred is part of her the actual woman's yeah. story. She was inbred. She was mm-hmm. molested by her grandpa. And it puts you in the position, and, and Bill Burr has a bit about it, where I, I think he may have misread this movie a little bit, but it puts you in the <laughs> position where you feel sad okay. for the character. You don't sympathize for the character or uh, justify the character's actions because what she does is terrible. And I think justice is served to her at the end but it does just make you very sad about the life circumstances and it it kind of is a slice of life life movie i don't think there's a point of view where it's men made her do this but that's where she gets to but I, i really do believe that the character itself had through that developed a psychosis where she was capable of doing those things and then just through circumstances needed to and, and acted upon them so i'm I, I don't i don't think that the movie to bill burr's bit uh is trying to apologize and or trying to ask men to apologize for uh her actions but it, it definitely makes you sad and her her it's just the the weight gain and it really she she take she took her whole career and threw it in reverse at 180 miles an hour for this movie she She's playing a lesbian murderer, and she had to completely <laughs> change her look. I, just, the physicality of it is, is amazing, but then just the, the note of the character and how she was able to completely become that woman, it's, it's when people are like, ah, I'm, I'm whatever on Charlize, you can point to that movie and be like, go watch that, and that's the performance. Roger Ebert said this is one of the greatest film performances that's ever existed in cinema. And that he wasn't speaking in hyperbole. He really believed that this is yeah. one of the finest performance that's ever existed. So, uh, I definitely have to would put it in my top two. And it was only made on an eight million dollar budget, which is insane.
3: That's funny. It's big. with with the financier too, Bob. To what you were saying, there's like a there's a funny story that the, the guy who financed this thought he was getting like a like you said like a lesbian love movie with Charlize and and uh, <laughs> Richie. And then, like, they showed him the first like round of dailies, and he didn't know that Charlize was going to be made to look like that, and he like he like flipped out. I want and, like, my hey, eight million back. He, yeah, he called Charlize and flipped out, and then Patty Jenkins wouldn't let him talk to her anymore. And then he like took credit for everything at the end, I guess. But it was it's just funny that he thought he was getting some like sensual, you know, two girls kind of movie, and it's not well, at all what you know, he signed of, up for.
1: Christina Ricci's really good in this, and she's breaking. Oh, she's tight fantastic because she used to be the gothic kind of. Sexier gothic chick and Mm -hmm. she definitely is, is, is going for it and reinventing herself in this as well. And sometimes you have to take a, you know, this was shot in 28 days. Uh, they basically shot nine or 10 pages per day, which is kind of unheard of in the industry. And they were, sometimes you take a chance like this and you say, I want to, I want to change it up a little bit and I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about making money and I'm, and this is for the art and, the audience is connected with it. I'd still connect with it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, don't you... I mean if you're if you're doing a role this dark, you would want that shooting schedule to be pretty quick. If you're if it gives you Charlize, you know what I mean like yeah, if you have to it be for in that six dark months place would for... be kind of rough oh, right. No, jeez. Yeah.
1: Quick little note, they originally wanted Kate Winslet for the role. But it went to yeah, it, hmm. they uh, Kate Winslet was not available, so Charlize jumped all over it and she became she also put some of her own skin in the game, financed it a little bit. She was a co-producer on it. So Good for her. Put your skin in the well, game.
4: Well, the only thing—the only one thing I wanted to add to this and get you guys' thoughts on is, so let's just say this movie doesn't happen. So we remove Monster and Kate Winslet does it. What's her career like now? I mean, I think if you take away her two top movies, you have a really weird career, and you can say that for a lot of actors. But the people that we've reviewed have at least had other sort of like seminal movies or movies that are really popular that we wouldn't say are the best, but they're in there. I, mean, I think Monster is her whole career. If she doesn't have that movie. That's good. She's in
1: a different level. I she's- disagree. I think there's some really good stuff uh, that we've had the last six years that is pretty exciting. Does she get the opportunity to do those things if she doesn't hit on Monster? I'm not sure. Nobody could know. But I, I think that she's she has had a, a pretty solid career. Not a ton of A's, but a lot of B's. Yeah, that's fair. Also, quick note, the people she beat for Best Actress, it was a pretty light year. There was Keisha Castle-Hughes for Whale Rider. You guys remember Whale Rider? Mm, mm-hmm. A little girl. Yeah, is that, a little, is that young
3: girl right? Yeah, yeah. Then there was yeah.
1: Diane Keaton for Something's Got to Give, and then uh, Samantha Morton for In America. I hadn't seen that, and then Naomi Watts in 21 Grams. So not a ton, not a ton of competition in there. Mm. But but then but then she
3: lost it. to Reese Witherspoon a couple years later. So I mean, it's it's all fair.
1: Anyway,
0: <laughs> she yeah. probably she probably yeah. should have beat her.
2: Another <laughs> couple uh, tidbits about Monster. So, uh the the real life person that the movie's based on, born and raised in Troy, Michigan. <laughs> really? So oh, I didn't uh, know that. just a town over uh. from uh, where we all grew up. From where up, Colin so. is
0: right now. Yeah.
1: yeah. So,
2: you know, we made it out. Our lives could have been different, right? We weren't that far away from being Charlie's on Hunted Monster. That's true. Um, well, that's the
3: whole point of a movie is circumstance, right? They even talk
2: about it at the bar. Yeah. Like what Bob's
3: yeah. like what Bob said. I mean, that's the thing.
2: Uh, another thing is, man, the Wikipedia page... I know we, we focus on the movies, but the Wikipedia page on the life of uh, the real person, I, I forget her name, but that alone is... Eileen really Wuornos. Right? And you uh, you touched on it, Bob. Just a horrible upbringing, a horrible childhood. Um, and later in life was like certifiably crazy, right? So, um, I think first woman to put, be put to death, uh, with the death penalty in the United States, um, but her last line, and this is kind of, you know, a lighthearted note to end the, the conversation on Monster, but she was so crazy. Her last line before being put to death was, uh, it referenced Independence Day, you know, the movie with Will Smith, and it was, Art. yes, I would just Welcome like to, to her. say, I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back, like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, big mothership and all, I'll be back, I'll be back. So that's how she went out. So that's, uh, that's how we're gonna go out
1: today. She she had, she had a she had
2: a tough life, right? And it, it definitely oh, weighed
1: on her. That's and, a serial killer sound like, yeah. Right, so.
3: was that was that her or Kanye that said that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So to get us back on Jordan, let's get your first movie.
2: Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed Young Adult. Uh, and, yeah. I also, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's a movie I really enjoyed. I also think it hit a, a little too close to home for my comfort. Um, <laughs> and, and this is a movie that I remember seeing when it came out. And, you know, it was a movie I liked, but I didn't have a, a huge opinion about it at the time. I think it was one of those movies that I watched and I thought, yeah, that was good. And I kind of moved on from it. Uh, and then re-watching it again, uh, I, I really uh, enjoyed it a lot more and... Uh, maybe that's because Charlene plays a character in her mid-30s that is a little bit more uh, relatable to us uh, as uh, you know a, a bunch of guys in our 30s right now. But um, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's uh, Charlene plays a, a moderately successful woman uh, in her 30s that was popular in high school uh, and from a small town who you know got out. She now lives in uh, the Minneapolis, which is uh, Minneapolis, the movie. <laughs> makes it a point to call Minneapolis the Minneapolis a bunch of times, which is not something I I had ever heard before. Um, But, you know, in reality, she is a... She's miserable. She's an alcoholic, uh, who at the same time thinks she's, like, too good for the people that she grew up with, but also remembers high school as, you know, kind of uh, her fond years, or, like, the the last time that she was happy. Yeah, the glory Uh, days. Yeah, exactly. And... um, you know and the movie itself is it, it centers around charlie's returning home trying to win back her her high school boyfriend who she thinks will essentially bring her happiness uh even though her high school boyfriend who's played by patrick, patrick wilson, wilson yeah uh you know he's married with a kid uh living a pretty you know normal suburban life and she rolls up drunk alcoholic uh, just sort of you know mess of a human being and the movie centers around her action coming back to her hometown uh, and it's 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 a brutally honest movie and it's, uh, it's,
0: it's actually funny really too. funny yeah she's funny, yeah, it's really yeah. funny. She's so this it's a, movie was yeah.
1: directed by Jason Reitman and written by Diablo Cody and they worked together on Juno and it's really interesting because Juno is about a girl who's in high school that has to grow up too fast and this is the exact opposite it's a woman who is needs to grow up out of her high school phases and needs to become an adult. So interesting just dynamic if you think about the careers and, and, and the, the collaboration between the writer and the director as well. Well, I think Diablo
2: Cody, who wrote the movie, writes very personal movies that uh, she doesn't put out a lot of content at all. I, she might have only done three or four movies, and I think they follow essentially her growth as a, as a person. Uh, and so I, I that's probably what makes this movie so relatable is that someone who's roughly our age is writing a movie about her experiences at that age um, and I don't I don't think we're I don't think I'm as pathetic as Charlize is in this movie but uh, there's, I definitely have uh, you know uh, some some Patheticism in me, if that's even a word. Oh, shit. We just see some of the, yeah. the situations. When you know relatable. people like that, and you're just like, "Oh man!" If, you just if, if you start looking inward on yourself. Yeah. Like, "Am I like that? Do I do right. stuff like that?" Yeah. Like when she wakes up, when she wakes up face down, like hungover in bed, and like wakes up yeah. and goes to McDonald's. It's like I've been there. She's <laughs> like,
1: <just> chugging <laughs> the diet cokes all the time. Yeah. Trying yes. to win yeah, the I- Trying I- to win the high school reunion.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like going back to her hometown and just like you know talking shit to everybody and uh, you know. There's a, there's a really great scene where she's like sitting like looking miserable at McDonald's like with a friend like and talking about how like man so happy we made it out of there you know we're not losers like those guys and then the next scene she just <laughs> wakes up like passed out in her bed like didn't even make it out of the covers and it's like yep yeah like y- y- you showed them <laughs> um, Harris when's the last time you watched a movie
3: where that where it made you that uncomfortable in certain scenes um I that movie is just it's it is really awkward at times. Like like the office where you're just sitting there watching it, you're like oh my god it's like, such her?
2: such a cherry a um, train wreck. Certainly in the the climactic scene in the movie where she has her meltdown in front of a crowd of people oh, at yeah, like a, yeah. a, a, a child's birthday party is is hard to watch. Or um, even her just
3: trying to pick up Jason Patrick or is it It's Jason Patrick or no? Uh, Patrick Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Even when she's trying to lay on the charm in the bar when she finally meets him for the beer and and he's clearly not having it, and she just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. It's so uncomfortable.
2: And she doesn't get it because she has this romanticized view of what she thinks that their life should be, and she can't really get it through her head that like you know people don't care about her. Right? She thinks she's kind of hot shit, Um, and. And, and and yeah, there's man, there's another scene in that movie where, uh, she goes to see Patrick Wilson's wife play, uh, at a bar. She Patrick Wilson's wife's in a band, and she plays some song that Charlize thinks is, uh, her and Patrick Wilson's <laughs> song, and she's just glaring at the uh at the wife <laughs> in the, and the just pounding shots and just <laughs> seething, and you can just see in Charlize's face like the disdain, and it, it was just. It, it's not a funny scene, but you kind of laugh to yourself just seeing the emotion on her face. And uh, she's it, really good at displaying like multiple
3: levels yeah. of emotion just in yeah. a yes. just in a look, and she does well, it so much in that movie. I think so. the
1: character is really unlikable, and it's really fun to have the central character be someone that you kind of hate, but you're 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 just tagging along, you're riding shotgun with them, but you kind of hate them at the same time, and that's not normal it's a little different kind of a watch you know what I mean
2: yeah it's true but what this movie I think does so well is that that is true for essentially the entire movie until that climactic scene in the end where there's this sort of big reveal where Charlize is having her meltdown and giving the speech and uh, she she talks about how when her and uh, Patrick Wilson were dating in high school that she actually became pregnant and she had a miscarriage and she could have had the life that uh, he has now. And it really makes you realize that they're, uh, like everybody has their issues and it gives you a, a real view into yeah. you know, her, her depression, where that came from, why she is the way she is, why she's so unlikable. And in that instant, you just start to feel for her a little bit because having to you go through something. something like that, yeah, you can kind of understand like, oh shit, you know.
1: Yeah, it can be serious. It's a, definitely a dramedy, and it's I like that it's funny without a lot of shtick. It's very character-based stuff. It The, the, the comedy is, is definitely, you find out about the, the rules that the characters live in and, 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 and how they live their life, and that's where the comedy comes from. It's very natural and plot-driven. And I, I really enjoyed this watch as well. Yeah, a lot of the comedy
2: comes from uh, this relationship that she strikes up with Patton Oswald who... Uh, Who's great? And also, him. really good. Yeah, yeah, he plays great. this kind of you know, uh, nerdy kid who never you know didn't have a good time in high school, never left his hometown, um, and when she comes back, she bumps into him, and they kind of strike up this odd couple uh, relationship. And a lot of comedy comes from their back and forth with uh, kind of expressing their worldviews and seeing them clash, uh, which you know strikes up some pretty honest conversation, but also.
1: Uh, creates a lot of comedy as well. Cool. cool. Well, yeah, I agree, and let's keep the ball bouncing. Let's swing it back to Colin Shea for his second pick. A couple, st- couple of real good ones still out there on the board if you're doing the snake draft here.
3: <laughs> well, something tells me that uh, this will not be on the other two's board, but uh, that's what you brought me here for, and I have to go with Atomic Blonde. And yeah. I know... At, I know at first that sounds <laughs> I know at first it sounds bad.
0: Well no, I no, no it say, doesn't sound
3: bad, it's interesting. This is the first time at the risk of sounding terribly misogynistic in saying this. This is the first time uh that I watched a female-led action spectacle and was thoroughly entertained and impressed. Kill Bill? Like, they've I I thought she I I the way that they did this movie I thought was was awesome. I mean, yeah, okay, Kill Bill's really good. But this, this movie was, when there's so many fails in this, and especially with her and Ian Flux. I mean, this movie, I was, like, breathless the entire time. I mean, this was the same co-director uh, of John Wick, so, that's like, the act, the action sequences, if you guys remember, like, they leave you breathless. There's, like, that five-minute no-cut battle in the hotel with just hand-to-hand comb- mm-hmm. combat, her, her and that guy, was phenomenal. But it's not just that. And I I know, Bob, and one of your previous podcast you were talking about how soundtracks um they can't be the only thing that that draw you to a movie right otherwise you could just go listen to the cds i think what you Mm -hmm. said and i think without charlie's this movie could have fallen into that spectrum the soundtrack is phenomenal but the cinematography with the blues and the reds of the neon lights throughout the entire thing charlie's like truly embodying um the, the raw savagery of her role was fantastic while also hiding so much emotion underneath and the fact that this is one of the rare times where um, it, I mean inevitably you have to compare James Bond a little bit right and I think I've probably said this to you guys like when you're kind of deciding who the next James Bond should be and why I'm firmly on the Idris Elba train that I need James Bond to simultaneously convince me that he can kick the shit out of me whenever he wants and also go take my girlfriend whenever he wants and this is the first time where they've tried this, and I I legit believe that Charlize Theron can do both of those. Like she could beat the hell out of me if she wanted, and she can ch- charm anybody that she wants. Like she has that, and then she gets to she gets to run through this movie with the with the same rules that a male actor in a spy movie like this does. She gets to drink and bang her way through all these different scenes, and it works perfectly because her level of talent elevates the movie to where it needs to be. So. When I'm saying this, I'm not saying that it's necessarily her best movie, but I think this movie is really good, and without her, it would have been very, very forgettable. I think she she, she just raised the level of entertainment in this tenfold okay. because of her charisma and her physique and yeah, her it's, acting it's, chops.
2: You know, it's not a movie that made my list, but I will say that I thought it was a lot of fun, uh, and it's a, it's a movie I definitely enjoyed and I would
1: recommend to people to watch, Um I just you know, have for, no idea what the fuck's going on in it. That, well, that's about I, the movie. It's so. such, a, it's such a complicated... I have no idea what the motives are. Half the movie, I'm going, what the hell's going on? I had to go to Wikipedia to to figure out what was happening. I thought it was really complicated. I think one yeah, I mean it was like was is a
0: triple movie. agent.
2: Where, like, there's like a backstab, and then you backstab somebody else, and then there's another backstab, so... Like, it makes Mission Impossible,
1: Impossible look like spy kids. I, I, well, I mean, it, I no it has comment.
3: it has that Mission Impossible thing to it with the knock list. It's essentially what they're what they're you know battling over and stuff. But I mean, setting it with the Cold War is is cool and relevant again now. And uh, it's based off a graphic novel, so of course there's going to be some story that's a little ridiculous. And I mean, again, I'm not defending that this is like the best movie ever made. Um, but the ride was fantastic, and I think she really hopefully has set kind of a new gold standard for the for you know female characters being able to kick ass the way that she does and i'm really not sure again like with her physique and the way she carries herself that many people can pull that off and it really shows the, vo- the versatility of her i think between like an atomic blonde and a north country i mean obviously and a monster and stuff but just between the two that i picked there's not many actors actresses who can really get away with that type of versatility and that's one of the reasons why i think she's so phenomenal in what she does well, well, the one thing on the I'll
2: second say, one, Colin,
3: so you get to see her do it again. What's that? I know I saw that the second one's uh, announced, which yeah. is yeah. awesome.
4: Well, the one thing I mean, the same, same guy Colin does is, is uh, yeah, it, is a uh, like before the podcast started, Colin, or, um, Jordan and I were talking and we said, how old is Charlize Theron? Like I had no idea, so we looked it up. She's forty three years old. So that movie was released yeah. what a year ago. So she was like in her forties doing that movie, and just mm-hmm. like the, <laughs> what's demanded of her in that? I mean, the, those intense oh, like, my cut scenes. It's it is very impressive uh it's just with those kind of action movies it's just so director driven where it's like it's more the director's movie to me than it's charlie's movie because that it is but
3: don't you think this was a rare occurrence where that wasn't the case i mean she has to flex a lot in this movie i thought so she, she, was, does, like, she I does really badass really
2: very well in this movie yeah yeah
4: well, well this is when i get to my second movie uh what's an underrated element of her is like she can do the action thing so seamlessly well it's kind of crazy she's actually been doing it for a while. And I think the director mm. highlighted this for her. Like in, in this movie, you got to see it. And it's definitely entertaining. It, it's a it's a
3: fun movie. It was actually like one of my honorable mention shout outs. Yeah, I mean with the same guy did John Wick, and we all know how awesome those movies are too. But I mean <laughs> Oh, come on. They are they are entertaining. Get off your high horses. But I was uh, fine she with the first I was fine with the she first is one. I actually think I made it through the second one.
1: All right, well, let's keep the ball bouncing, and we'll swing it over to Hammond. Hammond, give me your second movie.
4: That's a good segue, because mine is Mad Max Fury Road.
1: All uh, right. The guys who have been listening for 45 minutes and pounding their keys saying, when are they getting to Mad Max? <laughs> can finally get their payoff. Right,
4: right. Uh, like To me, first of all, just taking a step back, uh, the movie as a whole, I, I rewatched this movie. I think I've seen it three or four times probably. I, this is one of the best action movies of the 2000s, would you guys agree with that? It's a movie that definitely deserves
2: to be seen on the big screen. That's I, I,
0: remarkable.
4: I, this movie will live on for 20, 30, 40 years. It will. As, a, as an action movie that's like basically a two hour long car chase <laughs> that's got really everything in it. Uh, and this movie does not work without her.
2: It's okay. also, in my opinion, it's a Furiosa movie. It's a Charlize Theron movie. That's yeah. yeah. Mad Max. So this is my question, right. yeah. yeah. It
4: starts with Tom Hardy, and then I think from there, after the first ten minutes, it Charlize carries the entire plot, everything. She is the writing force of that movie. And, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's
3: so funny that you say that, because what Bob just said about Atomic Blonde, like, I feel like this is a director's movie. Like, I, I genuinely oh, don't think cool. Charlize, I don't think, the movie is phenomenal. Like, hundred. this movie I could watch a billion times in a row. But objectively, Charlize doesn't have to do all that much in this movie.
4: Well, no, she doesn't have Compared to do so that. Thi- no, she thing doesn't thing. have to do that much. Well, no, 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 no. This is why the movie is so good, I think, from her perspective, is there's not a ton of dialogue. And when there is dialogue, it's sort of not long, drawn-out scenes. There's really not a lot of pausing in the movie. So it's it's the nonverbal cues and the way you have to look and like present yourself in the movie And the way that Charlize looks and the way that she's just, her face, you you don't really need her to say much. And I think that's, like, a big takeaway of how good she is in this movie. She doesn't even need to talk. You can just see in her what she's trying to do, the determination she has, the difficulty she's been through. She has that, like, prosthetic, you know, arm. You can just tell everything about her just from how she carries herself, which is really hard to do. Without a bunch of scenes and a bunch of exposition, you can talk through everything. There's not a lot of that. And yeah, so Tom, Hardy's, to Tom Hardy is,
1: is, is purposely not giving a lot of emoting in this movie. She brings the entire soul, and, 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 it, and it's an action movie, and it's very aware of itself, and it gives you all the action, but any sort of feeling at, at the core of the movie comes through Charlize. I, I really think that character is absolutely pivotal for you to care about what's happening around these people.
4: Yeah, and if you things can explode about...
1: and people can die and get thrown under trucks and, and if you don't care about them then it's it's just noise but the fact that that you really do invest in the character uh, especially her character um I, I i think she's the core of the film which is a great film
2: and there's also strong uh there's also themes of strong women and empowerment which is uh you know led by Charlize. I i think it's uh it not so subtle that the world is essentially destroyed and also run by men, and the women. Yeah, who killed the world? Hope. Who killed the yeah. world? They keep saying, yeah. and women represent hope for the future, um, and are also you know sort of the uh, the beans that will uh, allow you know, race, uh, the human race, to, to go on and to grow and to become better. Um, so th- that's not such a, a subtle theme of the movie. Um, yeah, the so New York it, it Post.
1: A, the New York Post Kyle Smith wrote Mad Max feminist movie of the year question mark and he had a whole article breaking down all the, all the elements in it. sorry it's, Jordan it's, you were saying and
4: it's in the, I don't want to cut you off but the those feminist tones you're talking about it's not pandering and it's not like let's clap for this because it's a woman it's like it's it's honestly engaging she's doing a great job it's written in a way that you believe it I believe that she was the driving force in this story the entire thing is so well done and I can't think of anyone else doing as good of a job as her, and back to your point, Colin, this is like her third act. I think it kind of started this, this like older version of her where I think she's more self-aware of how she wants to do these sort of feminist roles and have them be like more impactful than they would be
2: 10, 15 years ago. And this is her best example of it today, where it's just like a great female-led movie. I appreciate that they didn't make a Mad Max movie where Max is a woman. They made a Mad Max movie 100%. with Max in it, Great where point. they had a strong female character in it and kind
3: yeah.
1: of, yeah,
2: uh, had her lead it, even though it wasn't right. It was still a Mad Max, movie. right? There was Mad Max there
1: was, it wasn't just a female character. There's most of the movie, the good characters in the movie are women. It's a very diverse movie in terms of uh, gender equality, and and I kind of disagree with you, Colin, because she's she's the leader of the group. She even gets Max very quickly to kind of fall in line to her order and she's the one who corrals the women and, and, and she's the captain uh, uh, of that expedition and so she has I, that that force that 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 engaging what you were gonna say
3: no yeah no i i get all i get that and take to, to that point and to hammond's point and i do want to caveat this by saying i mean comparatively this is 10 times the movie that atomic blonde is this movie is fantastic i just think to mike's point in one of the rare occurrences, you might be able to slide somebody else into do that role. I just don't think that much was asked of her in this movie because of the type of movie that it was. Again, phenomenal movie, but if if I'm looking at it from her performance, I think a lot of it was director driven, and she was asked to play a very a very uh, almost like reserved strong role. And I just right, remember watching it this most movie. recent time, just like I don't I don't think she needed to do as much as I've seen her do in other movies. That's it. Great Furiosa,
1: movie, Furiosa might be at the end of all of this, but people remember her most for. It might be her most iconic character that she'll totally ever agree. play. Yeah, like, yeah. It totally agree. Sp- totally this the is the really best sick. action Dude, movie <laughs> of the last ten years, and she's the the character who is the most badass in it. I, I don't. Yeah, of...
3: totally correct. I mean that that is everything you're saying is true. Um, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't think she anyone had can just walk in to there do, and do as that. much as we're giving her. Not anyone, but there. I thought there were other characters who yeah, could do yeah. that.
4: Yeah, well, in a con, your point, too, on Atomic Blonde, that's sort of a caricature of, uh, like, the fighting. Like, no one really does those things uh, in real life, necessarily. Like, it kills 20 people in a room. A lot of the stuff no, that's that she's true. doing in this yeah. movie is, like, she's just it's her practical. will to, yeah, her will to, like, get through this and to, like, solve this problem and to just keep moving forward. It's not like she's killing much people. She just has the drive to do it, which is really calls back to like what a good character is right like you understand why she's doing it she's not like a superhero she's just getting through the entire situation so i just think that's really redeemable and it's really endearing to watch that kind of play out and all the different stages where you think that it's going to stop and it doesn't and without her as the anchor of that you don't have much of a movie
1: i totally agree with you your hero needs to be vulnerable and both max and furiosa are very vulnerable and there's several times where you're like shit they might not make it out of this scene and it's it was very realistic, and I think the vulnerability makes it more suspenseful.
2: mean yeah, I, I really don't share. Uh, I I enjoy the movie, but I really don't share your like immense praise for it. I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, I I do think it's sort of it, the visual aspect of it is what made it in, as interesting as it was. You know, the storyline is is pretty basic. The characters, I I don't know if they're as deep as I as. You guys are describing them. I mean, I never really felt like a a level of suspense in that movie, or like a a greater attachment to the characters. You know, they were the good guys. There was the bad guys after them. Uh, It was an apocalyptic movie. I thought it was a fun visual movie, and I I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I just I guess I'm not sharing your praise for it. Okay. I I will say it's pretty amazing that the the same guy who directed Babe, Pig in the City, and Happy Feet directed this movie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hey, I was I was at the edge of my seat in Babe. So fuck you. Uh we'll we'll keep the we'll keep the the beat going. Jordan, uh what was your bring it home with your last favorite movie?
2: No, I'm tapped out, man. We got it covered. I had Monster got and, and Young Adult as my two favorites Okay,
1: so everyone's tapped out. Perfect. Cool. So uh we've talked about the roses, we've talked about our, our favorite movies, uh at the top of our list, but every rose has a thorn, every career has a piece of shit. Uh, and then a young flux sitting around. So let's get into our least favorites. Uh, we'll we'll start with you then, Jordan. Uh, your least favorite movie.
2: Yeah, are we all in agreement on this? I definitely have Young Flux as, as the <laughs> worst movie. I've enjoy. never seen it. I actually saw it when it came out, and I rem- which was a long time ago, and I remember it being horrible. And it's on Netflix, I think. So I, I watched it again the other night, and it is it is worse than I remembered it. It's. It's basically more of a Power Rangers episode than it is an actual movie. Like, it's an action movie of the worst kind because the action scenes are horrible. And that's all it is. Like, there's honestly scenes where you see Charlize Roundhouse kick somebody, where you see her face and she spins, and then it looks like someone took a foam leg and whacked somebody in the face with it. <laughs> Like the action scenes are horrible.
4: Was that like a, a comic book or graphic novel, or is that just like a made up a video game?
3: think it was anime or either anime. It was either anime. I, th- yeah, yeah. I think it was anime. Oh, anime. Okay. But Bob, is this a uh, is this a single digit Rotten Tomatoes? Nine
1: per, nine percenter.
2: <laughs>
3: That's I hard actually, to do wow. I
1: actually really wasn't gonna pick this movie as the worst movie, and then I
2: rewatched it, and I don't think there's there's another legitimate option. It is it is really <laughs> bad. It doesn't make sense. The acting is horrible. It takes place in the future and, like, the technology. They can just do whatever they want. Her character is somehow, like, uh, uh, Ethan Hunt and Magneto mixed together with, like, you know, a little bit of like, every other, like, superhero yeah. you've ever seen. It, it just it sucks.
1: Was this another one where the character should be Japanese, but they just cast Charlize Theron? It seems like it's mm. it's not a character for a white South African chick. Uh, that's why i was confused what
4: the genesis it, of this was because i don't
2: get it what how did this even get made that's
1: yeah. a great question I'm not
3: yeah and it was far. coming right at, it was
2: right after monster and north country so that makes it even worse it, that yeah
3: she, what yeah, the yeah, hell she, you, are you, you doing well the, yeah you oh well, this is her paycheck movie probably i mean you should the thing that makes it worse right is like what we said earlier is that it like derailed her career and probably depraved us of or deprived us of uh Probably three or four more good roles for her in the next four or five years before she really bounced back and recovered from this. The only thing I'll say is
2: I think it, I think it is a uh, woman directed movie, so maybe there was some, uh, you know, feeling by her that they could do like a, a an action movie with women, like written by women, and directed by a woman, and starring a woman. But man, it, it's this. There's, there's mm-hmm. no arguments be made that that movie's worth watching.
1: Okay, no. So that movie stinks. Uh, we'll we'll swing it over to Hammond. Hammond, what was your least favorite movie?
4: All right. Did you guys rewatch Reindeer Games? Did anyone watch this movie again?
3: <laughs>
1: I, refu- I refuse. I <laughs> refuse to rewatch that.
4: You, you guys have so to watch
1: bad. this movie. <laughs> no. It, bring it's it down a... for us, Hammond. Why does it stink?
4: Okay. Well, first of all, the plot of the movie, even for a heist action movie in the <laughs> early two thousands, is so asinine and ridiculous that it's difficult to even pay attention to the movie with what's going on. So that, like, do you guys remember the general plot of this? Like, what happened?
1: There's the only position. thing I remember is that Gary Sinise looks rough. Dude, this, was okay. when, this was when they were like, we gotta Dude, get this Gary guy on Sinise TV. Gary Sinise is the
4: best part of the movie by far. This is why you should watch it. It is, <laughs> it is crazy Gary Sinise the entire time he's on screen. It is like Lieutenant Dan on Four Gump Shrimp Boat screaming at the storm the entire time he's on screen. That's you basically want me? Working Come and get me! It's unreal and the entire time Ben Affleck is taking the assumed identity of his like prison roommate and it's so obvious He's not that guy but Gary Sinise isn't sure. He's never sure like he gets to like the very edge of of, Like he gets to the point of being like I don't think this is the guy and then he's like no It's the guy and then he lets it go and that's the entire the entire plot and then Basically the reason this is my worst movie is because Charlize Theron is just this like she's just having sex with everybody She's a complete (laughs) Manipulative, like it's just you know, it's just such a ridiculous role for like she's in she, that
2: movie to get naked,
4: right? And like, to, like she gets double... naked
3: in like 80% of her movies, by the way, dude, which dude, there is shocked a... me as we were rewatching this. I forget <laughs> in,
4: in this movie, there is a double double cross, there's a double cross that's one-upped by another double cross, yeah. and she has sex with all three men
0: involved. In so,
4: to me, it's like that's like a Heather Graham, like. Did some like throwaway, you know, like Barbie doll person to do that? I, just Damn, keep... and
1: I know this is on your worst, but I think you just sold it to Jim Harris, so Jordan's <laughs> dad. <laughs> so Jim, like, guys... Jim's, Jordan's dad's gonna text him say, "I gotta check out this reindeer games." <laughs> well,
4: I'm, you know what I'm saying, rewatch this movie. It's all the characters are complete caricatures. It, it really is the worst kind of heist movie. Uh,
2: it. it it is terrible, so that, man. that's why I thought I was bad. I, I'm going to watch it today. Ben Affleck that's had a tough today. stretch. Huh? Yeah, this was, man, <laughs> Dude, this was during Affleck's uh, stretch where he was,
1: was trying this? to prove that he was the worst actor ever. And that you <laughs> shouldn't have was been Pre or, or post geely I think it's... I, was pre, I, uh, pre. I don't know. To we'll, we'll have to dig into it when we get to the Ben Affleck uh, it's, case it's, four. Man, huh? yeah, it's
2: in that stretch for really yeah. Oh boy. It's not a, not a good few years. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. D- uh, the, the, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, so... He had to go through some dark days, but okay. Reindeer games. Thought we would get to that. Uh, and then, Colin, what was your least favorite?
3: Um, so there's a couple that I just refused to watch. Eon Flux was one, and then Dark Places or whatever. Whatever that one Sean Penn directed. I didn't even watch that because it was just just universally panned. It's on Netflix. So, I
1: started watching it, but I couldn't get through.
3: Yeah, it. I just at that point I was like, I'm just not gonna waste my time. But there is one that I I rewatched, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get past... Okay, The Devil's Advocate is not in itself an awful movie, and her performance is not in itself a terrible performance. She actually has some really, really good scenes as she's like descending into madness. Yeah. But I could not get over her and Keanu Reeves' pathetic attempts at oh. Southern accents. Uh. It is terrible, and it flitters in and out throughout the movie. Keanu Reeves' is ten times worse, but yeah. hers is no better so to hammond's point why were you casting a south african woman to play a southern like and the thing that pissed me off too like as as you're as you're writing it and you cast these two people the first time they give you like a a daily or whatever you should have been like all right wait they're no longer southern we're gonna make them in some little like uh baptist city in indiana we got to get rid of these accents
1: like it wasn't even essential to the story they didn't have to be southern and it just ruined it oh so frustrating uh, I ride for her in this movie. You you are completely right, and anyone that's a fan of this podcast knows that I have specific opinions about accents. Go see him in uh, Dracula. God, his English accent is... is... Is something oh Reeves, yeah, it's yeah, oh, but, so terrible. Uh, uh, yeah, the accents are so bad, but she is so good because she yeah. is basically becoming schizophrenic as the yeah. as the devil starts to enter her life. She slips completely into madness, and it's it's a measured performance, and uh, she's definitely the catalyst for uh, tension in, in in the movie, and. Um, So I I do really appreciate her performance with the accent set aside. Removed. Yeah, that really
3: just brings it down.
1: Man, Pacino's going insane in this movie. This movie is not very good, and I really want to like it.
3: You know Pacino only read the script, read that last speech, and was like, I'm in. Well, he actually turned this movie down
1: five different times. They they kept rewriting it, and this was the one that he landed on. So I'm sure he kept making them rewrite that speech. About it's, a, about it's a
3: great speech i mean that's the only redeeming part of this movie probably is is that it's a pretty entertaining and watching him do that speech but the rest of the movie is just a jumbled piece of shit Wouldn't you
4: say though this was probably the one that made her super famous or more uh, consumable? uh
3: it put her on the map a little bit more i mean this was what bob her like fifth or sixth title in her this is her second right? movie
1: her second movie she ever made that's
3: only the second. Yeah. Wow. okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: 1997 So she, this was definitely the beginning, and people were like, she was basically for three or four years after this the hot chick from Devil's Advocate. People didn't know her name, yeah, and they were like, oh, that really hot blonde Keanu's wife from Devil's Advocate. But the story behind this movie and and, and the release of it and and the critical reception was Keanu Reeves is awful, Al Pacino is amazing, and Keanu Reeves isn't even on the same screen. And then there's this hot lady over here as well. That was kind of, but people generally thought Keanu Reeves were in the movie.
3: Well, that was typically the review of her performances for, what, the first six years? And there's this hot girl over here, and that's usually Charlize. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, I wish I wish I had better things to say about Devil's Advocate, but not a very good movie. Cool. Well, those were our thorns. I want to, before we uh, get into alternative casting, any shout-outs, any things that were really close to your list but you just want to give a little love to right now? Uh, Jordan?
2: Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, I... I actually want to talk about Hancock for a second because Hancock is a really funny and dramatic movie for the first hour and to me it's an example of a movie where where a studio gets a hold of it and just destroys it because I think the script was great the concept was really interesting Uh, Mm -hmm. it's a a superhero movie but it was uh, at the beginning of this uh, era of superhero movies, so it came out in the same year as Iron Man, the first Marvel movie, and also The Dark Knight, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> it was a different take, and the reason uh, it really can't make a list for Charlize is because the movie goes downhill as soon as she's introduced and like her character is revealed to be another superhero, and from that point on, the movie just sucks. So we can't really talk about it in regards to Charlize. But I always want to make a point that. Uh, that movie could have been so much better. It's one of the more frustrating movies I've seen. Uh,
3: the vi- the you know, villain remember. brings that movie down so much. Gotta have he, a
2: good villain. He, the he's villain
3: it, he's terrible. He is ter- It's a terrible character to begin with, and the actor is completely forgettable. Yeah. That that part of that movie like really just annoyed the hell out of me. Like he's so unimposing, not a good actor, not fleshed out at all. He's got that stupid hook on his hand. Like, it was just so gimmicky and terrible, and it was the only part of the movie I thought that was, like,
2: terrible. Yeah, he really shows up in, like, the last ten minutes to view this, like, opposing force to the superheroes. It, it, it's right. dumb.
1: All right. Um, all right. Uh, Hammond, your Hancock, or your your shout-outs, your shout-out movie.
4: Smart so my honorable mentions, I already got names. They're Atomic Blonde and Young Adult were my shout-outs, which is cool that they're on there. The only thing I'll say on this front is I find it funny... Uh, that I made a note here that Charlize has a lot of TNT slash TBS movies that would be just on all the time. Those channels like Devil's Advocate, Ranger Games, Legend of Bagger Vance, The Italian Job, Hancock, That Thing You Do, Satterhouse Rules. Those are all. Yeah, she was in That Thing You Do. Yeah, all that's those, her first movie.
3: All those. Tom Hanks really claims hard. to have discovered her. <laughs> all those
4: movies though are probably if, if you just put on TNT on a random like Wednesday, one of those movies might be on. And I find that hilarious that she's. <laughs> in that thing. So I don't know if those are shoutouts, but
2: I find it funny that somehow she has so many popular movies. From like the it's 90s. probably why, like for me, she was a household name, but I just didn't really have much of an opinion for that. Right, right, You see, right, her, all you the see time, her,
4: but you're just like I don't. Workers. I'm not gonna like look into her career. Right? Yeah, yeah. But no, other than that, no shoutouts. All
1: right, Colin, shout out.
3: Underrated movie, um, not necessarily a performance where she really, really had to flex, but she does well. Uh, if you want a good watch, in the Valley of Ella is actually pretty good pretty tense um war Snow themed uh, you know kind of relevant yeah the slow burn i love slow burn movies i thought it's really good i think tommy lee jones is uh phenomenal in it um it's just uh it's just really good um okay. so if you're looking for a good watch there's that and do we have time to shout out for arrested development bob rita oh that's
1: right. yeah you that's got time right. for she's that. so
3: funny she's so funny in her what like five episodes that she's in playing uh yeah. She's beautiful but she's mentally handicapped and the theory mm-hmm. at the end that she's actually not handicapped and she was like a spy or something I don't know it's really funny but her her four episodes like really flexed like how yeah. she can be a, so a comedic a comedic actress like she's actually genuinely
1: funny in that show. Yeah, if she wanted to do straight slapstick, she could if she if she wanted to, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll, uh, I'll ride a little bit for Cider House Rules for scenes in, in that were pretty good. I also really liked Tully. It's it's also done by Diablo Cody writing and Jason Reitman. It just came out. I saw it on an airplane. Kind of airplane movie. Not as good as Young Adult, but still a really good watch. I think it'll be more relevant to me once... Uh, if my I have imaginary children right now, but if I ever had <laughs> kids, I'm sure it would be more relevant to me uh, going through parenthood. So... That movie is really good. Tully's really good. Oh, sorry. No, sorry.
3: The the movie's okay. Her performance is really, really good in that.
1: Yes. I I think it's a solid movie. Cool. Cool. So with that said, let's bring it home and do some alternative casting. So before we choose some roles that we think Charlize would have been really good in, just do some brainstorming behind it. Here were just some of her alternative castings in real life in her career. So she would uh, turn down the role of uh, the, the girl in Pearl Harbor. The Jennifer Gardner role uh, hmm. that uh, she ended up doing Sweet November with Keanu again, but oh, not just not a lot of great so options for her. Why did she turn it down? That
4: seems like a perfect role for her to be in.
1: Yeah, she turned it down to do Sweet November, and that also turned it out. So yeah. not the greatest. Uh, she auditioned for Showgirls. Speaking of her always being naked in movies, she yeah. wanted to do the <laughs> ultimate naked movie. Uh, she also auditioned for Moulin Rouge and was turned down and she was uh, auditioned for Elle Woods in Legally Blonde and uh, lost out to Reese Witherspoon so with that said let's get into some of our alter- alternative castings I'm going to start with you Heyman
4: so I'd like to see her Emilia um, Kunis' role in Black Swan
1: okay yeah uh, <laughs> why do you think I think
4: she could do that kind of like weird uh, like sort of athletic kind of like because she's supposed to be like the the counterpoint um, to Natalie Portman, and I'd like to see her in like what she really hasn't done an independent movie on that kind of level, so it'd be interesting to see her do that. And I also think it would have been interesting to see her and Portman just go back and forth and figure out how they would have done that. I, I I think Mila Kunis is obviously like really attractive and great, but she's not a, a super great actress, so I would like to see you know her do that.
1: What's really interesting is that she studied ballet in South Africa and has danced in Black, in um, White Swan and the Nutcracker.
3: She went to and, like Joffrey. She was like yeah. really, really and, like, good, job. and then she messed, she messed her knee up like super, super bad, and that's why she became a model.
1: Yeah. So basically, so, she's good at
4: everything. Is that what we? Do? That's
1: what pretty we do. much it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's one of those people that's good at everything. But, but really she would have is... been really good at dancing in ballet, I believe.
4: Yeah, but so that's my number one. So take it or leave it. But number two was actually Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. I had that written down.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, that came up earlier. I
2: had that on my list as well
1: Oh actually. really? Yeah. yeah,
2: she could have done that for sure
1: Cool, uh, Jordan, what were your uh, what, were, what were your alternative castings?
2: I'm going to uh, dodge the question a little bit or at least pivot um, because I think there's a really interesting thing she has going on with her collaborations with uh, Jason Reitman, Diablo Cody and I'd like to see them do another movie and so I don't know what that would be exactly but I was a big fan of Young Adult and Tully, and I'd like to see them uh, keep that momentum going. And uh, I can see that kind of being her team that she works with, where you see other actors that have teamed up with directors to do a series of movies. And uh, I'm going to yeah. you know, not answer your question, but answer the question that I wanted to answer instead. Oh, well,
1: that's, that's completely fine. I, I think it would be to steal a, sh- a shitty sports analogy, but it would be a good offensive coordinator, coach, quarterback kind of thing, where you got the writer the director and the actor and they're all in sync and they're really good at communicating the best possible story that they can so i think th- they've teamed up very well for two projects keep it going
2: yeah i'll also say she is really funny i know we've touched on that a little bit so i wouldn't mind seeing her in like a pure comedy well yeah, yeah had... or a collaborative comedy like something
1: like bridesmaids where uh, she's do... part of that, no, that was my ah, i have that yeah. on my, i have that on yeah, my list yeah, yeah <laughs>
3: bridesmaids
4: not not the um mm. not uh
1: Who's the Kristen Wiig? Like the bitchy? No, no, no,
4: no. Like the bitchy yeah. I have
3: friend. Rose Rose Byrne in, in *Bridesmaids* is mine. Yeah, okay. One of my, one of my. She's like the bitchy friend, right?
4: That
1: yeah, she has yeah she'd
3: be she'd be great. She'd be great she, at that. The she rich would
1: kill one. Kill that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Colin. What was your other one then?
3: I, I was going more for archetypes, and to Harris's point, there was one of them was definitely like just true on comedy, and I said both Rose Byrne in *Bridesmaids* or uh, Sandra Bullock's character in *Heat*. I thought she would have been uh, really good in either of those. Anytime you can um, replace Sandra Bullock, I'm for.
0: Yeah, I'm <laughs> <angry>. <laughs> the worst. yeah
3: no, I, I think she's underrated at comedy. I think she should be able to showcase that sometime. I would also like to see her as, like, the psychotic, manipulative girl. And so I said either Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct back in the day, or Gone Girl. I thought she would have been great in both oh, of those. Oh, Gone
1: Girl, yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's I really think she
3: would – I, I think she'd really pull that off really well. Um and then I had Brie Larson in Room. I thought she would be really great at that. I had, I had
0: Brie Larson wow.
1: in Room too. Those are really wow. good. We're we're really wow. on the same page here. I did not have uh, those. We should have had Colin on earlier. So yeah. for me, I just had uh, I I had uh, also Uma Thurman, but in Pulp Fiction, Mia Wallace. Oh Ooh. boy, I think nice. that would be. Wait, what,
4: wait. So she would have been young then too, right? So that, that was twenty years ago.
1: Well, uh, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. if she we were right, have, she right, would right age for the role, I think she would have played yeah. that role well. Um, Angelina Jolie and Girl Interrupted, kind of the psychosis piece. The Devil's mm-hmm. Advocate kind of got me down there. And also just I would really like to see her get some of the same opportunities um, that Kate Blanchett's had, so maybe like a, a Blue Jasmine kind of role, again with the, the kind of slowly slipping into madness, uh, or, or even maybe a Queen Elizabeth do like a period piece. Uh, because she had nailed kind of the walking in the skin of a uh, monster anyway uh so those are alternative castings let's just kind of wrap it up with some final thoughts i want to start with jordan because i'm really interested to see what his final analysis was uh in terms of the case four
2: yeah like i said in the intro man i this is really fun for me because i, I really see charlie's in a totally different light uh than i did before and you know I I had associated her more... And it was interesting for me to hear Colin and Mike say that they held her in a pretty high regard as an actress, because for me, I thought of her more as the girl that was kind of in the Huntsman, and she did Monster, and that was great, but she did just more shitty movies than good movies. Uh, And going back through her filmography, I I don't think that's a totally fair assessment. I would like to see, moving on now, that ratio of shitty movies or moneymakers to quality movies... uh, go more in the favor of quality movies because i do think she's she's really capable so um i'm gonna say i'm looking forward to the rest of her career and and hoping that she can uh you know continue to make uh movies as with interesting characters and uh i look forward to that
1: cool cool i agree i i totally agree i'd like to see her she's made her money and now let's start making some art let's swing it over to hammond hammond what were your final thoughts
4: yeah, really similar. I mean, I agree with... I want to see what she does going forward. I think this last kind of five-year stretch has been impressive for her. And I think that she probably has more options now with what she can do. And we talk about this a lot, and it's kind of a cop-out. But as all these really good actors and actresses get older, it's always fascinating to see what they do. I mean, she can't do a ton more Atomic Blonde. She can't do a ton more Mad Maxes at some point. It's kind of ridiculous. So I hope she goes back to that kind of monster like, biopic, maybe, like, things like that. But overall, I find her to be really, uh, it's really cool that she went from being this sort of, like, eye candy actress in these generic movies to someone who's seems like she knows what she wants to do, right? And she's found mm-hmm. her way to pick her spots. She's not, I don't think she's on the level of, you know, she's not a Meryl Streep or like anything like that, but she, she's, she's, she's <laughs> no one is. right, right, right. I just mean, like, she's not, like, doing movies every year where you're like, what is she doing? I have to see the movie she's in. I guess that's the way I would explain it, but I I have high hopes for her in the future, and I think that she's had a very like indelible mark on our generation. Right? We we thought she was this kind of amazing thing in general, and then we looked into the details, and it wasn't the same. But it's still really cool.
2: Yeah, looking at her upcoming movies, I mean, a, a, at least uh, what's coming out the next year or two kind of looks like more of the same. She's got Atomic Blonde two, and oh an Adam's Fire. Family movie. Hey, which Adam's is, Family, yeah. which is you know who cares. That's an Um, animated. It's an animated one. Yeah, she's got two original movies in there too, though. One where she plays Megyn Kelly, which might be kind of interesting. Mm. Um,
1: So we'll see. And then she's in a Seth Rogen movie, so maybe we'll get some of that comedy that we've been asking for. Yeah, that'd be great. Should be great. Yeah, more comedy. would be great from her. She's definitely funny.
3: No, anybody on screen's gonna be funnier than Seth Rogen. So,
1: hey, oh man. right before we were about to leave
0: (laughs) (laughs) you you were doing so well
1: colin (laughs) colin bring
3: us home with your final thoughts uh i was pretty in line with with mike i think i see her uh as a bit of an enigma in terms of her, her career um she's so talented um i think there maybe would have been a couple more uh really you know like cornerstone roles that we really know her for um, I think you're right that the average person really only knows her for Monster, and some people will know her as Furiosa. But I think right now she's at a really interesting point, kind of a tipping point. She's, I don't want to say back on top, but she has clearly uh, shown that she can do pretty much any role, and I think they'll start coming to her again. But as she gets older and you know she can't be cast as just like you know the beautiful young you know, woman anymore, I'm curious to see if she continues to go down the path of the Tullys and the young adults um and really do some interesting stories um as excited as i am for atomic blonde 2 i don't want that to be the norm i want her to keep going uh down the tully route uh those are really interesting character studies that she does and she's really really good at pulling out the the lower layers of characters emotions so i hope she keeps going down that route
1: perfect perfect i i agree with everything you guys said so let's leave it there and I'm going to play you out today with a little song from SNL a few years back about how Charlize might be really great at a lot of things, but there's one thing in particular she kind of sucks at, and that's singing. So we're going to listen to that on our way out, and thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys, my, my buddies in Denver, Mike and Jordan, and thank you to my first-timer, Colin. hope you had fun today, buddy. My pleasure, sir. All right. My pleasure as well. Uh, excited to see what you do further in your podcast career. So with that said, have a good one, everybody. Thank you all for listening as always.
0: Bye. Too. Okay, that is true. seems <laughs> she can do everything, but there's one thing she can do. <clears throat> I can't see. When I do, it comes out more just like a scream. She cannot sing. I cannot sing. But it's okay because she's great at every other thing. She's a great romantic actor. Hey, baby. And a great dramatic actor. My baby! She's great in any role where sitting doesn't play a factor. All right. Okay. Just, just all right. She cannot sing. I cannot sing. And thank God she cannot sing. Just look at all these other things. She can do a thousand accents. She can, God, now. She can speak another language. Wait, is this a And before she was an actor, she was trained to do
3: Beautiful. I could watch you forever, but everybody just remember one thing She cannot sing,
0: but we can sing We can dance like that, but hey, at least we sing I cannot sing She cannot sing But I'm taller than most men and they don't care if I can't sing No, I don't care Yeah? yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's a nearly perfect human, member of the U.N. But she almost just
3: perfected the equation for cone. I was so close, and I just feel like such a failure. And I just, oh, yeah. I don't. What
0: are we doing? She's fine. She's a producer, writer, actor, fashion model, ballet dancer, works of beat and ever women. And in Africa, she's going won an Oscar started monster. I've also never had bad sex. Sorry, sorry, sorry.